Greetings. Welcome to the Point Being Ipsos' Public Polling Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jackson, joined as always by Mallory Newell. Hi there. And we've got some new public opinion for you this week. And our lead story is our president, that purchaser of Greenland, Donald Trump. How does America view our president right now in the light of his uh, evidently turned down deal for the Great Islands, Frozen Island of the North? Yeah, that's the would-be purchaser of Greenland. Also, I can thank the Mighty Ducks for teaching me that Greenland is actually covered in ice, but Iceland is very nice. So, shout out to other 90s kids. Greenland was uh, early marketing, uh, (laughs) trying to make it seem appealing for immigrants. You know, um, obviously, our president's attempted purchase of another country um, and well, a number of other things that have happened this week haven't really impacted his approval rating. It's a sort of a sideshow, as it were. Right. Um, there's there's many sideshows. but many, A snow job, as it were. <laughs> but none of them really move the needle on where mm. he's at. Right now, about 4 in 10, 42% of registered voters approve of the job the president's doing. That's exactly where he was last week. Okay. No big deal. Um, so this week, though, we have revisited uh, how the American public views him on a whole host of different aspects of his job. Uh, let's go into that now. What are we seeing there? So, Chris, this is something that we revisit um, every month or so, and we ask people whether they approve of the job he's doing on specific issues. And what we found this month is mm-hmm. really in line with um, previous polls, but Every single issue that we ask about, with the exception of two, the president is underwater, meaning more people disapprove of the job he's doing than mm-hmm. approve. That's right, yeah. And what are those two where he's doing okay? Um, employment and jobs mm-hmm. and the economy. Now, I think it's important to note here that there has been some slight shifting mm-hmm. compared to the beginning of summer. If you look back a couple months to June, um, He's still a majority, 52%, still approve of the job that the president is doing on employment and jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the gap has closed a little bit okay. from about 13 points approve versus disapprove in June. More approve than disapprove. Right. Uh, to about eight or nine points. Okay. So, so not quite as strong as he was a few months ago. There. Still positive, yeah. But when you take this with um, his performance on the U.S. economy, which has basically closed to um, almost even approve versus disapprove, mm-hmm. there there's some indicators that perhaps Americans aren't totally as sold on the job he's doing from an economic perspective as they were a couple months ago. Okay, and speaking of some of these indicators, we also track what Americans talk about as the main issue they're concerned about. And we've seen something happening there which may explain uh, Trump's uh, dwindling strength on the economy. Right, so every week we see that healthcare and immigration are the two main issues facing the country. One, two, in some order. Exactly, That's, that's not new news. Um, But what is interesting this week is if you look at the economy generally and employment lack of jobs, when you take those two together, uh, 17% say that that's the main problem, which Mm -hmm. is right on par with immigration and healthcare. So it's really a three-way tie at the moment. Really, yep. Um, But last week, those two together uh, was 12%. So it's gone up five percentage points in a week. Exactly. So it's gone from sort of this, this third place entity behind healthcare and immigration to at least at this current moment in time, Mm -hmm. more people are concerned about 
economic issues. So we're seeing some increasing concern with the economy and potentially uh, some less pleased Americans with how Trump's managing the economy. Right. And I think, um, you know, this is something that obviously we'll need to keep monitoring over time to see if this is just sort of a a blip in sentiment that could be related to the latest trade issues and the stock market falling, uh, or if this develops into a more long-term trend. Now, to that end, we know that healthcare is typically sort of a democratic issue and immigration is typically a Republican issue. Is one party or the other particularly focused on the economy and jobs? Not really. The level of concern is pretty much even between Democrats and Republicans. Okay, so the economy is something everybody cares about to an extent uh, and potentially not helping the president at the moment. Um, Okay, how do Americans view the rest of how the president is performing? What are some of the other details? Sure. So um, one thing that I think is is important to note right now, given what's going on from an economic perspective, is how people feel about international trade. Mm -hmm. And the president continues to be underwater, again, meaning more disapprove than approve of the job he's doing on international trade. That's not new, um, but right now about half of Americans disapprove of the job he's doing there. Mm -hmm. And then if you look at some of the biggest gaps, uh, the biggest issues where the president is underwater or not doing so well, it's really these these personal measures, I'll Mm -hmm. call them. So how he deals with Congress, for example, um, and the effort that, you know, the effort he's making to unify the country, the way he treats people like me, those are the issues where the president is seen as being the weakest. Mm Um, so to that end of how uh, people view how America's trying or how the president's trying to unite America, on Monday we released the results of a large poll we did with Thompson Reuters on how Americans view race relations and how uh, Americans have racial bias. Uh, and the results were part of a big story Reuters ran, part of the big study we released. And it's actually the third time we've done these questions. We've done them twice before in 2016 and 2015. So it actually provides some interesting longitudinal data. Um, Mal, what were some of the interesting takeaways from that race poll? Um, There were many. This was a a very big poll that we did with Reuters. Um, But I think I, I took a look at some of the questions surrounding how people feel about racial issues in their community, and, and sort of perceptions of, you know, black Americans and them compared to other mm-hmm. immigrant groups in the past. Um, so the first thing that I wanted to point out is, you know, of course, and we talk about this with all of our issues-based polling, there are some questions that have huge partisan differences yeah. between Democrats and Republicans. Um, one of them that comes to mind is when you ask people, you know, what does your ideal community look like, right? Mm -hmm. Do you prefer to live in a place with people who come from diverse cultures, or do you prefer to live in a community with people who share your culture? Mm -hmm. Um, Take that for what you will, read into it as as you wish. Culture could have many meanings. (laughs) But there's more than a 30 percentage point difference between Democrats and Republicans on this. Democrats are more likely to say, majority of them, say that they want to live in a community with diverse cultures, people Mm -hmm. from diverse backgrounds, and a majority of Republicans prefer to live in a more homogeneous community, Mm -hmm. those that share their culture. Okay. So yeah. Um, What other uh, interesting findings come away from this study that you saw? Well, you know, I think that question of culture is really interesting, right? Um, 
again, it can have many different meanings mm -hmm. and how the type of community and the type of country that you want to live in definitely differs bipartisanship. But when you look at it overall, I was really struck by this. Um, one in four Americans say that it's important to preserve this country's white European heritage. Mm. So not a majority, nope. but one in four, you know, quarter. a quarter of the American public um, is, is holding on to the fact that this country was built on white European ideals, I guess. Something. <laughs> Um, and, and I think semi-related to that, there's this question about, you know, some of, like I said, the impact of, of slavery and discrimination mm -hmm. and, you know, what type of heritage this country was really founded on. Um, what I mean by that is, is we asked people, you know, are, are Blacks basically, um, have they been hurt or held back by years of, negatively impacted basically, by mm -hmm. years of slavery and discrimination. Mm -hmm. And going back to the partisan difference here, there is more than a 40 percentage point difference between Democrats and Republicans on this. So a vast majority of Democrats say that yes, generations of slavery and discrimination have unfairly disadvantaged black people in this country. Um, and most Republicans disagree with that. Yeah, so a fundamental difference in how Republicans and Democrats read that aspect of American history. Right, and right. Understand it. And there's also a fundamental difference on how different ethnic groups and people of color should um, basically move forward in this country. Mm -hmm. we, asked, we asked a question in this poll, you know, do you think that black Americans should um, do the same as you know, more traditionally white immigrant groups like mm -hmm. Jews, Irish, Italians, um, who overcame prejudice, you know, should they do the same without any special favors? Right. And again, there's a huge partisan difference with most Republicans saying, yes, sort of that pull yourself up by the bootstraps mentality. You know, other groups had to get ahead without special favors, so mm -hmm. they should as well. Right. Democrats are much more likely to disagree with that. So. What this poll tells me, Chris, in a number of different ways is that there is a fundamental cleavage in people's worldview when it comes to culture and race and race relations in this country. Between Democrats and Republicans. Exactly. Yeah. One of the other things this piece of research did was it measured, it tried to measure uh, bias and racial bias in Americans. Um, and we did that by asking people to evaluate whites, blacks, Latin uh, or Hispanic Americans and Asian Americans on five different attributes, including things like intelligence, uh, hardworking, uh, respect for law. Um, and we asked them to, you know, say your average white person on a one to seven scale, your average black person on a one to seven scale. And then we essentially did some math to say, okay, well, this individual rated whites higher than blacks on intelligence or blacks higher than whites on intelligence or whatever, and use that to define if these individuals had some sort of bias where they thought one racial group was superior to another on these various attributes. And do they? Uh, so a significant number of Americans do believe that uh, there is uh, some sort of racial superiority. Um, a slightly higher number of people 
on average rate whites higher than blacks uh, on sort of all across all five measures, though the majority of people actually are either neutral, so they aren't, they're equal, right. or, or they rate blacks more highly than whites on these measures. And was this the case a couple of years ago? So th this is actually the really fascinating part is despite sort of the last two and a half years being so filled with such racially focused rhetoric and fights, we actually see slightly less anti-black bias in the entire population now than we saw in the summer of 2016 when we last did this survey. So it's, it's fascinating because we're actually seeing less of this anti-black racism, we'll call it, uh, now. But it's interesting because we're, we're not seeing that necessarily equally distributed across society. Um, oh, what do you mean by that? Republicans are holding very stable levels of anti-black bias. They basically have not changed appreciably. So Over some the last of the measures, three, three years. some of the measures, like like I had mentioned, those have been kind of consistent over time. That's right. Driven by the same people that it was the last time we did this. Well, poll? we have no idea if it's the same individuals, but uh, the same groups. The same groups. That's okay. right. Yeah. So Republicans' levels of racial bias have been stable. What has happened is Democrats have actually moved in a very strongly sort of pro-black direction. Um, white Democrats, minority Democrats, just sort of all the Democrats across the board. Um, you know, we were sort of, as we were working on this, start, we're referring to it as the great awakening, uh, sort of tongue-in-cheek, somebody else's phrase. Um, but it's interesting because Democrats have increasingly embraced sort of pro progressive racial values as central to their identity as Democrats in a way that didn't necessarily, wasn't as strong the, ca the case in 2016. Um, and I think it's potentially because of the president and how the president's rhetoric has helped shape out shake out the parties so that being a democrat really now has a very strong component of how you view race and culture as you referred to earlier right. as does republicanism whereas i think 10 years ago republicanism and Demo uh, being a democrat didn't necessarily have to have a racial component there were still very strong economic arguments or foreign policy arguments and those seem to be getting less powerful while sort of views of race seem to be getting more powerful. And I think this poll does a really good job of illustrating that um, because when you look at these huge partisan differences on um, questions around values and culture and community, mm -hmm. um, you, you really start to see that this has become a, a fundamental divide yep. for people in this country based on your partisanship. Yep, that's right. so, so we're going way beyond, you know, economic issues, social issues, and really into how you feel about race and culture and the, the type of America that you want to live in. That's right, yeah. And it's, it's, it's a fascinating sort of evolution over the last three years of how the, it's, it's fundamentally a type of political realignment, um, you know, the likes of which we haven't seen since the 60s uh, when civil rights actually realigned the Republican and Democratic parties the first time. So does this poll give us any indication that this political realignment, as you call it, is going to impact voting behavior in 2020? So that's actually the focus of Reuters article about this, looking at these different sort of racially uh, uh, groups that have different levels of racial bias. We sort of divided it up into rough uh, fifths, so in the you know, 20% of the population from most anti-black to most pro-black or anti-white, however you want to phrase it. 
Um, in 2016, we found that the group who was who professed the strongest anti-black views also had the strongest vote intent of all of the different groups we looked at. Makes and sense. those group that group was of course very strong uh, behind President Trump. Trump supporters. Um, now that group is the least interested in voting compared to all the others. And in fact, it's the people who have neutral opinions or pro-black opinions are the ones who are most engaged in voting, most likely to vote. Now, granted, it's a year and a couple of months before the election, things can change, but at least it looks like at the moment that Trump's sort of core base of people who sort of are, you know, have a certain sort of white identity politics or white grievance politics are less engaged in voting, whereas people who are opposed to that are more engaged in voting which indicates that the president's tactic of using race to rile up his base is not necessarily working as well as he would perhaps hope. Well, it's it's working, but perhaps not for his intended group, right? Because to me, it sounds like it's working to mobilize the opposition. Well, that's not working as the president would intend. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it's, it's fascinating that, that, and that actually matches a lot of academic research which shows that essentially groups that feel that they're out of power tend to be more motivated, more activated versus groups who are in power. And if you sort of think of Trump's election as being centrally about race, people who view sort of white European heritage as like the thing they're trying to protect feel that, that they're in power, four. that one in four, uh, feel like they're in power so they're less motivated versus the people who do not have that viewpoint, who feel out of power, who feel very activated to, to show up and vote, to turn out and vote. And I think we saw some of that happen in 2018 in the midterms. Um, and we'll see if this continues to 2020. Interesting. Yeah. So you can find this data on our website, uh, along with the core political this week at ipsos.com. You can also always follow us on Twitter. I'm at JCB Jackson. I'm at Mallory Kate. That's Kate with a C. Or you can email us at the point being at ipsos.com. Thanks very much. See you next week. Thanks for listening.